Well, I think in our days today, if I ask you, are you suffering? And if you are suffering, who is helping you? Well, you may ask me why you ask these questions. Well, this is a very important question because whether your answer is yes or no, <laughs> suffering is an unavoidable factor in our lives, whether you are a believer or you are not a believer, isn't it? On Saturday, I went to pick up a tool that I needed so much <laughs> at um, the other side of the city, Hopeless Crossing or something like that. And this man, was, I was talking with him and we were exchanging things, I asked him, is there anything that I can pray for you about? And uh, he was not certain. I said, anything, health. And, and then he disclosed to me that he had three or triple bypass. Uh, he can't work on all the things that he's doing. He's just selling these tools to leave out the things he gathered. And my heart was just really so really sympathetic. And I could see that he had been through rough road and he was a Catholic. And we shared, I said, well, look, there's nothing impossible with God. And he said, I hope so. Here I left. And that really left with me the, the truth that suffering is is something that is we have to live with. That is why Apostle Paul didn't say, if you are suffering. He just straight away, writing to the Romans, Christians, he describes, and I will tell you how, I will just share with you how he described them. He just straight away, he said to them, I consider that our present sufferings he included our present sufferings as Christians. He was writing to these people in he was in his, in his journey missionary journeys in Spain and other places. He said to them, we are suffering. But here he described them first that these people that to whom he is writing, he called them, they are in Christ Jesus. They are not just suffering in vain. These people are in Christ. These people are believers. That is what he's saying. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I think I wrote somewhere that the aim of this text is to encourage us in our Christian walk. That was what Paul was doing, encouraging his readers to know that we are suffering, but we are in Christ. We are Christians. We are believers. Romans 5, 1 to 11, describe that, says that if we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. People who have peace with God. Those who have been reconciled to God and 
can give a testimony that there is no indwelling guilt in their lives because of the original sin and also our willful sins. Those who are enjoying the fruits of their repentance and forgiveness of our sins. And Paul is saying that didn't come just by, by our cleverness, but he says that this is because because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free. So we have been set free through the power of the Holy Spirit as a result of the work of Christ. Through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have been able to overcome the flesh I, I, I remember before I really experienced the freedom to follow Christ, I would want to go to church and something will hold me down until I don't go to church. You know, also like the New Year Eve, they will just put the best movies that are so wonderful. And so you just sit there and there will be like prayer nights uh, from 10 to the New Year. And I will be just like thinking... Shall I go to church? That was in Egypt. Shall I go to church or just I watch this movie? And then you read the, the producer and the color and the scenes and everything. It's just so inviting, you see, because you want to see the themes and what is the, the, the drama there. It's just something that appeals to you more than going to the church. Just simply because you are just under the control of Satan. But after you come and you experience and you see how much you have been loved and set free and what is reigning in you is the Holy Spirit of God that opens you up to love his word so there is no devil in hell that can hold you down. And in fact, you will be just rushing just to hear the word of God, to join with the believers and Christian people and just sing all the glorious songs. Glorious things of the spoken Zion city of our God. You just join like that as if you are in heaven. And there is no movie that can just make sense to you. In fact, after that, even to this day, if I sit before a movie and try to watch it, I can't understand a single thing. Just like that. A person who was just so crazy about just reading all the history of the Hollywood. Knowing even the details about all the actresses and actresses, or how do you call them? So Paul is saying like this. He's saying this is the thing that has happened with us. The law that was not helping us, because he said this, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. The sinful nature has to be dealt, dealt with first and foremost so that the new nature can kick in and grow to the likeness of Jesus Christ. That is Paul is just encouraging these people, just introducing them to describing to them that who you are actually. And this is what I'm telling you right now. So that when it comes to suffering, and you will see why you are suffering. Because actually the Bible says... If we suffer, let us not suffer like sinners, but to suffer as those who are holding fast to the truth. And if you suffer doing all the right thing, as 
Apostle Peter says that the spirit of glory will come upon you. And also he says this, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. And now we need to know our sufferings as Christians is very linked to the suffering of Christ. If that is not so, you are suffering like a sinner and your suffering will mount nothing. And actually verse 17 links this very well. Now, if we are children, because we are children of God, we are heirs with Christ, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we are in his, if indeed we share in his suffering. Indeed, it's saying not, if, it's not saying if you, if you are truly a Christian. No, no, no. He's saying here, if indeed, as really we are, that is what he's saying. If indeed, and indeed we are children of God. If indeed we share in the sufferings of Christ. In order that we may also share in his glory. Yeah, so these people have been released from the dominion of sin and death through the union with Christ. They are united with Christ. And then also this is what he's talked about in chapter 6, 1 to 14. Have been set free. And he went on even in verse 5 saying that these people, they are living according to the Spirit. So we can never entertain and enjoy anything that is not in accordance with the Spirit of God. I, I think I shared with you briefly in the past, I, I used to work in a school, and I heard this teacher in the come one room, he was talking to another guy. He said, well, one day, there was this young man, he said he was going to blow up a, a party, to ruin a party. And he was calling himself a Christian. And then he said, and I woke up to him and I said to him, what a shocking Christian attitude you have just to do something like that. And then this boy, he said, he threw up his head, and he said, yeah, you are right. And he never went to do what was wrong. And that man, his name was uh, uh, Richard Hesting, and I heard that. I was just so excited. My spirit really just yelled at that, and I went over, and I just grabbed it. I said, oh, Richard, that was so good. He's head of the mathematics, so he's a very, very quiet man. Never said to me once that he was a Christian or not. Or anything. But I heard him sharing that thing and I was just so excited. I said, oh, Richard, that was really good. You should be a pastor. He said, Oh, I'm so bad. A few years later, I went when I was going overseas as a missionary, just trying to collect some references for the mission organization I was going with. And he, I was away for like two years. And then he was walking me through the schools. They were building new things. I said, This is just like amazing $35 million. And I said to him, well, we are floating over rivers of, of wealth. He said, yes. He was so quiet. We walked, and then he, they gave really good reference. And I said, well, look, never know. I may come back to this place. And this man never said to me that he was a Christian. And that was a public school. He said to me, you are better off for better things. Just imagine. You are off for better things. Those who, those, these people, they live in accordance with the spirit. 
and they have their mind set on what the spirit desires. You see, so this is the thing. So Paul, Apostle Paul was driving these people to this truth. And this is what he says. The Christian, they have the Holy Spirit on their side against the things of the flesh. And if we slumber and we try to let the, the enemy to just trick us and, and the sinful nature may grow and we will not be able to overcome. But, and now we use this verse 8 and 9 to prove, I think this is a very crucial verse for those who studied the scriptures. Romans 8 verse 9. Attributing the spirit of God to Jesus and to, to, to God himself. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, just observe the spirit is the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ. And now he is comparing, because this text, there is a contrast between non-believers and believers. Those who are controlled by flesh and those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul went on to say to these people, you are not of the flesh, you are Christians. And he called them brothers. He said, brothers, we have the obligation, verse 12, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. You will face troubles, this is what he's saying. But if by the Spirit you put to death, even the Spirit helps you to put to death the misdeeds of the body. That is why we abstain from sin of all kinds, whether it's words or even physical actions. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So the fact that the Spirit of God is just in you is a, is a guarantee, is a deposit of our adoptions as children of God. And that was the verse that uh, Susan Yee shared with us. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you receive the spirit of sonship. You are children of God. You are sons by which you cry, Abba, Father, to cry to God. It's the Holy Spirit that testifies to us that we have been redeemed and now we belong. And for in a different way, Paul was just drawing their attention to the reality of the fact that if you suffer, so now he just started to get in to his text from verse 15, saying that, look, because you are children, who can cry, who can have access to God? As Safana this morning, Safana Martin said, shared with us, because we are children, we can cry to God and pray and cleanse us and even sustain us as we walk in this world. Now we are ace, and so now there is the presence and the future together brought in now. Now he started real to dwell to delve into verse 18. But from here he started to say, look, we have a hope. We have a future. So we are not going to be finished by the suffering. This suffering is not going to cancel all the promises that the Lord God has made and all that he has prepared for us. 
And that is why you are to endure these sufferings because what has been laid ahead for you as a Christian is just incredible. One more example and one more story. When I first came to Australia, just a few weeks or like two weeks or three weeks, four weeks, I just decided to do something for myself. And so I said, oh, what, what type of job can I do? Well, I just got like an afternoon <laughs> shift that started like 3.30 to 11.30 or 11. And so I was just using buses. And then there was this man who was so gracious. He was living next to me as we were working. And then he, uh, he gave me a lift. I think that went on for a week, that job. So one day we were lining up to sign, to sign out. And so that was Friday night. And this guy behind me said to me, what are you going to do after now? How are you going to go to a pub? I said, oh, no. Are you going to go to a party? I know. Are you going to drink uh, with your friend? I said, no. Are you a Christian? <laughs> I said, yes, I am a Christian. <laughs> and, then, and then he turned to me and he said to me, oh, you Christian, you are just holding peace in your hands. <sighs> and this man, he is not a Christian. How did he know that? And this is what Apostle Paul is saying. You are children of God. And now in verse 17, I want to go quickly to my text. Sorry, guys, it has taken a long. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Because indeed we are children. We are heirs with God. And if indeed we share in his suffering. If we are not ashamed of the suffering. Apostle Paul also said, if you are suffering and you are a child of God, don't be ashamed. Because you bear the name. That was the word God gave me to lead our brother, Murray, Murray Neal. When I visited him at the hospital, I was just praying, what verse can I give him? And he departed from that sickness. He went to be with the Lord. I said, if you are suffering, but don't be ashamed because you are bearing the name. That was what I shared with him. Now, Apostle Paul is bringing this to say to them, look, the suffering of the present times are not worth Weighing against the glory about to be revealed in us as Christians. Now there is a, the suffering. You can list the sufferings. What is the sufferings that you are going through? Because Apostle Paul now, even he is not just trying to say, because he knows that suffering of various kinds, various trials. Do you go through trials as a parent? Physical Difficulties, workplaces, false accusations. Do you go through all these things? Simply because you honor Christ in your heart. Because you need to make sure that you are not, you don't have to suffer and you are in the wrong. If you are in the wrong, confess it. Now he just started to launch, say, tell them like, now the focus is for the glory. But this glory is deferred. Now we have to go through suffering first of all. But what he's saying, this compare and contrast, isn't it? Those who are teaching English. Isn't it? The present, the future. But what is in the middle? We have the present, but the future is deferred and far away. How are we going to live then? How are we going to survive? I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, even in your experience, how many times you have come to the end of yourselves? How many times? 
in whatever you are doing, you say, I just had enough. I can't bear this anymore, isn't it? <laughs> had enough. And then suddenly, you may have a second thought. Well, hang on a minute. What is the Lord saying about this? And then the Lord may whisper to you, like, look, persevere. Pray. And as you persevere and pray, you have the strength. You have a different idea how to face the situation. Well, things change. Even the suffering is just too hard. I remember again, one day I was just like, I, because I was so addicted to listening to the radio so much, especially in winter. Winter in Cairo can, and Egypt can be very cold. If you finish your study and you just reflect, we just, those years, I would just turn on my radio and just leave it open through the night. I would be sleeping and also listening. <laughs> How can you do that? <laughs> but one day, my cord was just like, was just so ruined. And so I had to go from a shop to shop. It was a rainy day to try to find a replacement. And I couldn't. And then I go to that shop and I say to this man, if I can't get this, how am I going to sleep? And this man said to me, you will sleep. <laughs> and I went home eventually I slept. That is, that is a description of things that we may go through today. We may say like, look, we may not be able to survive. Well, as I said, yes, there is present suffering, but there is glory, but how are we going to survive? Well, look, to go to the point uh, further, Apostle Paul is giving us an example to encourage us that it's not only you. The creation itself waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed because the creation itself is groaning. Every, everything is, is, is suffering by the tokens of the sin, the fall. You see, everything around us is just so bad. Even the creation itself has been subjected to frustration. And so, so and when I look up the word frustrations, and it's one of the words that I find so difficult to pronounce, <laughs> it was like something you cannot change, no matter what you do. So if you think you're groaning, it's just so bad, so you are encouraged, you look, look, it's just like even the creation itself, but not without hope. Not without hope. The creation suffers because of the original sin. These are verse 19 you go through. But in hope, if there is hope for the creation, Apostle Paul says, like this hope of the creation itself is linked in the first place with your hope yourself. So your hope is so is a reality. Because this creation itself will be liberated from its bondages to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Even this restoration is for God, God's children. And now you see the word glory repeated few times in verse 17 and also verse 18 and also now here in verse 21, and so forth. 
this suffering from 19 to 11 of the, of the creation itself, it tells us that really this is a reality. This is an example it's trying to encourage us with Apostle Paul that you, we should not lose heart. So what is he saying from verse 23 to verse 25? He said, like, we are all suffering in hope together with the creation. So let us just join that. Let us be encouraged that even the creation is, will be delivered as we are delivered ourselves. You know, like the people of the climate change, if they read this text, they will be really humble a little bit, isn't it? Because they're just so fired up trying to change the environment and control it and to make it... I'm not saying that we should not do our due uh, uh, diligence uh, to care. We are told in the Bible to care, to till the land and to make it uh, habitable, you know. But actually, that is linked with our glorification. The climate will change completely when we are transformed, when Christ comes. And he will make all things new. Apostle Paul was just bringing these arguments to just to gladden the hearts of these suffering saints. Are you suffering? I'm suffering too. I'm just going through things. Even sometimes, even you don't want to come to church to preach, isn't it? Because you don't have any strength in you. But here, Apostle Paul is encouraging us. Just even this is one truth. And now he moves to tell us that between the two, these two ends, the present suffering and the future glory, and in fact, we didn't talk even about the glory. What is the glory in a way, isn't it? These are words Christians take for granted, and they don't even take time to explain them, just simply because they cannot be explained. Very difficult to explain, isn't it? The glory. Talk about the glory of God, isn't it? Because this, this, this word is only reserved to God himself, isn't it? To have all the glory is God, is Jesus. We have no glory. But now they say we can share in the glory of God. What is that? Perfection, isn't it? Perfection. Lack of suffering, isn't it? That is glory. That is, that is a state of a deity of God, the living God himself. It's not humanly. And that is why you see the commentators, whenever they say the king reign in his glory, that means there is no one like them in whatever they do, isn't it? So the human language, they use it. Like a sport person, like whether uh, those who play uh, exceptionally well and good, isn't it? <laughs> so they are, they, are, they are the days of their glory, isn't it? They were at the top of, of their performance. So now the Christians, they are going to join in the glory of God. <laughs> Where there will be no possibility for, for sin. Because God cannot sin. He is holy. He is perfect. We are not perfect. But we have a promise. That even the Holy Spirit that is given to us is the deposit for our glorification. The fact that the Spirit of God lives in us. Giving us the glimpses of the glory of God is something to encourage us. Because when we are weak, we are strong. When we are weary, we burst into sing and songs because of the nature of God in us. Though imperfect, because God didn't complete it yet, because this is what he's going to say. We are groaning. 
for our adoption. We have been adopted. He just said in verse 17 that we are children of God. And how come he would say for our adoption as if we haven't been adopted yet? No, he's saying like that. The perfect adoptions. When there will be no any link between us with the, with the sufferings. Though we, we groan. And now, and, and observes the word that he uses, not only so, verse 23, but ourselves, we have the first fruit of the Spirit. We are groaning because he's saying the creation is growing. He said, not only the creation is growing, groaning, we are groaning. And now he's linking the, the suffering or the groaning of the creation and the groaning of the believers with the fact that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit help us in our weaknesses. This is how we live in between. Now Apostle Paul is saying that you have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God help us in our weakness, in our suffering. The Holy Spirit has been given to be our helper, to walk with us to our final destiny. I remember when my son was doing cross country, uh, uh, Daniel, he was just so running. And so one day I just decided like to encourage him. And I was just running next to him. He was running and I was running next to him. You see, just like I nearly broke my leg. <laughs> just to encourage him like as he was. And he made it to the final. I can't remember whether he was first or two or something. It doesn't matter. But as a father, I was trying to encourage him to go to the final line. How much more with our God? And that is why he didn't leave us on our own. He gave us the Holy Spirit. To help us in our journey, in our sufferings. Because when we suffer, we don't know what to do, isn't it? Even when you complain in your body, they say something different. They say it and you can't do anything about it. So who is going to help you to give you the right perspective? Is the Holy Spirit. Because we don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows. And that is why he wants us to join with the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, if we live by the sinful, na- sinful nature, we will die. But if we live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give us the right perspective. How to respond to our sufferings. And our suffering will become like something normal to us. New normal. These are new normals. The suffering is not normal. But we create a new normal through the help of the Holy Spirit. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Because when we suffer, we don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows. And now... The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit is the one who prays in you. That is why when in our prayer meetings, we need to make sure that we are praying in the Spirit. And when I say we are praying in the Spirit, it doesn't mean that we are praying in tongues. Even though I'm not against the tongues. Just giving away my theological positions. <laughs> Might be excommunicated for that, but ready for that. Because actually, I said to someone the other day, because Paul said, and I think in Romans 2 and in First uh, Corinthians 12, when he was talking about the tongues, he said, I give thanks that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then I said to a friend, why we want to persecute people 
Huh? For having something for which Apostle Paul himself gave thanks and glory to God. But, but the thing is like it has to be a gift from God himself. That is my theological position on tongues. If it's given by God, you cannot fight God. And it's good for you in your private use and also with the like-minded you can pray like that. So now the Holy Spirit intercedes in us. What, what is the meaning of intercession? Like he's praying in our behalf. Hallelujah. What a grace. That is why when you have problem, just close your eyes and sit. Even if you cannot pray, you have been given this truth that even the Holy Spirit in you, you sit there. I think I said from this place a few, few months ago or years ago, I said, when you cannot pray, you just bring yourself before God and just sit. The first five minutes, if nothing is happening, just go on. Another seven minutes, another two minutes, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It doesn't matter. After 15 minutes, eventually the Holy Spirit will reveal to you how he is praying in you and what perspective that you can gather and have for the suffering that you are having. Saying we are not a people who know. And then be aware of those who say they know everything. We don't know, the Bible says, we don't know. No matter how hard we try to, to describe things. And the other day I was like trying to be clever myself to say, I hope I'm wrong. Do you know when you go and you have like CT scan or MRI, so those, these are the, 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 the rays that are they use. I think I had that in exam when I was in four year doing physics because we were doing like radiography. So what they do, they just see something and then for themselves, because of their experience, they describe these things. They say, oh, you have this, you have this, you have this. Actually, they are describing what they've seen. And some, I, I don't know, sometimes they get it wrong. They don't know completely. And other people, they can predict the future. They can just tell these things and the economy is going to crash and everything. As if they know everything. They don't know. The Bible says we don't know everything ourselves. But the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groaning as well. He's sympathetic. The word groaning appears a few times. The creation is groaning, groaning. But in hope, God is involved. We are groaning and we are suffering. God is involved. The Holy Spirit is involved and is groaning with us, sympathetic, telling us that we are children of God. We have a future. And he's preparing us, helping us to get into that glory. That is why, Christian, you don't give up on your Christian work. The things that you have cherished in your heart is a Moira deeming. The things that she is presenting, they are conviction in her heart as a Christian. And a Christian with conviction is very important that you don't give away. These are the very things that saves you. These are the things that describes and explain your relationship with your God and your honoring of Christ. Doesn't matter. They crucify you. They do whatever. They, they expel you from the parliament is not heaven. But in fact, you will sleep right because you have been given that grace. The Holy Spirit intercedes in her. Help her to make that stand, isn't it? Because you can't just stand like that in the face of all these troubles. Groan, intercede for us with groans that words cannot express. If Apostle Paul himself, the man of God, full of the Holy Spirit, cannot even describe <laughs> the groaning of the Spirit and how the Spirit of God is, is, is sympathetic 
and joined with us in our trials and plight. Apostle Paul even couldn't describe the words. How much the Holy Spirit goes even further than what we think and imagine. To lead us to the right scriptures, to give us our goods, the right song, to lead us to the right people to connect with, to pray together, to do battle together. The other day, I think that was yesterday, I was just reflecting on what is the most beautiful thing that brings joy to my heart. I was just talking to myself. If you are like me, I, I talk to myself a lot. I said, what is the best events that actually can transform my life in two minutes or in a second? Do you want to hear it? Meeting a new Christian or a new person who is a Christian. Uh, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. Are you? That's it. So why? Because the spirit witness in their hearts and in my heart that we are children of God and we belong to the one family. That's it. Apostle Paul said that even the Holy Spirit goes further. And even he searched our hearts. He knows the minds of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us in accordance with the will of God. So Apostle Paul is saying... All these things are not just happening just in vain. God has a purpose for these sufferings, isn't it? And so as we suffer and we are in the will of God, so the Holy Spirit will bring about the things that we need and the position that we need to take in accordance with God's will so that we can get to the glory, so that we can survive the suffering, so that we can endure, so that we can press on and grow as Christian people the follower of Christ. And he's saying that this hope of our glorification can never, can never be disappointed. And we know, that is what it says, not only in the same way, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So now he's saying all these things, God loves us and all these sufferings and the groaning of the creation and also the intercession of the Holy Spirit they work in accordance with God's will to bring us the best. They work for our good. And God worked through all this suffering and all your trials just to make you, uh, to refine you, to make you a strong and a clear believer. Because we have been called according to God's purposes. As we wait for the relief of the glory, the Holy Spirit is working to ensure that we arrive. And as we suffer, the creation suffers too. Since the fall, since Adam, that is what he said, like sin came into the world through one man, Romans 5 verse 12, but also salvation comes through one man. The Holy Spirit is, you heard me say this, is sympathetic with, our, with us in our suffering. He does not stay away and watch 
as battle on our own as we go through our plight. He is on our side. He is with us. He helps us in the midst of our troubles. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you have place for the Holy Spirit? Or you grieve him all the time by just entertaining wrong thoughts, labeling people and having attitudes and not taking seriously the word of Christ? We shouldn't dwell there as God's people. To finish, you have seen the Holy Spirit rules in helping Christians in the past, believers in the past, even Gideon himself. He was a fearful man. He was thrashing because they were fearful of their people. I mean, the enemies, the Philistines. But he was just like the Midianites were just an Amalekite. They were just really against the people of God uh, across uh, the, the Jordan. And then the Bible says, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord God came upon Gideon. And he blew the trumpet and then he declared war against the enemies. And he was so strong. He heard also in Judges, also he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whenever a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit, he will always overcome. You will always overcome when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Even in the midst of the worst case scenarios, you will be filled with peace. Because even in this text, Apostle Paul talks about we have peace with God. Is the Holy Spirit helping you in your trouble? Well, you may, you have heard me say that if you are not suffering now, that means maybe you have suffered already or you are going to suffer. Because these are things that in this side of the world we are to go through. But be of a good cheer, the Holy Spirit is our helper and all God works all things for the good of them who love him. Let us pray.